good evening, Montpellier. Good evening, Buenos Aires. Oh, wow, you went Argentina. Yeah, man, I've gone big. How many um, famous footballers can you name from Buenos Aires? None. I feel like I I know a lot of Argentinian footballers, but I couldn't tell you what city in Argentina they're from. No, none. It's almost worth a Google. Pardon my ignorance, but uh, is Boca Juniors and River Plate both Buenos Aires-based teams? Pass. Oh my God, I feel like such an important footballing nation and we know so little about it. Again, um, it's a bit to talk about. There's a bit to talk about. Yeah. Did you watch the games? Did you watch the the games that happened at the weekend? Um, I watched. So I've got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I watched a small bit of the Leeds game. You didn't watch the Liverpool Spurs game. I didn't watch the Liverpool Spurs. I watched uh, the highlights. Honestly. I think I would go as far as saying best game I've seen all season. Really? Yeah. End-to-end stuff. Chances for both teams in the first half. You know what? I think... uh, I can't quite remember if Van Dijk played. No, he didn't. He didn't, yeah. And you could tell you missed him. And I think what was really interesting is it reminded me of Liverpool of old. Remember when Liverpool... When when Jurgen Klopp first came in and before you had... Van Dyke at the back you did this thing where it's just like as long as we score more than you it's okay if we concede goals and it kind of felt like that you threw everyone forward and just left yourself these massive gaps at the back um, so that's I, done I will with. tell you I will tell you who else I think we missed mm-hmm. from watching that game yeah as much as Fabinho yeah yeah there was just a hole that it was just getting exploited and it was a hole that it sort of works hand in hand with another story from the game, which was Deli Ali's sort of return and he played really well and standing ovation from the fans and stuff. And I think the reason Deli Ali played well is because he plays exactly in that hole that was vacated. Yeah. Um, I, I think there was some dodgy decisions, but I think, uh, I think that was more disappointing for Tottenham than it was for Liverpool. I mean, if you asked before the game, Tottenham fans, would you take a, a draw at Liverpool? They would have been like, yeah, great. Um, but after the, the game was played, uh, yeah, I think Tottenham would be more disappointed. They didn't take take their chances. Yeah. I mean, the Deli Alley chance was a big chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kane had another decent chance, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you can you really argue? Not really. But I think the game... It's been just, I think, as good a game as it was, as you said, and as I sort of briefly seen, it was overshadowed by officials, wasn't it? And VAR. Yeah, man. Some some weird decisions. So there was two incidents in particular um, 
which both were potential red cards. One was given for a red card, one wasn't. Uh, I'm talking about the Harry Kane tackle on Andy Robertson and later on the Andy Robertson tackle on... um, I can't actually remember who it was. It was Emerson Royale. Emerson Royale, yes, of the Royale family. His last name is actually Royale, so he can officially say I'm from the Royale family. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because he's coming to replace Sir Jorier, which if you say quickly, sounds like Sir Jorier. So Tottenham have royal right-backs. I'm trying to think of... <laughs> who was so right-back before Serge? Um, Kyle Trippier. Walker? Trippier. Trippier, ah, yeah. He's killed it, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He doesn't look like royalty. <laughs> but yeah, so two incidents. Um, and this is really controversial of me to say... But I sort of think they were the right decisions. Uh, Andy Robertson was. I've, I've got no no grievances for that whatsoever. Mm. Um, the Kane one, I, I think it was. I think it. I think it. I think it was a red card. It's, um, a, it's a tough one because I very much recognise it's dangerous play, but it's not malicious and it's. I don't know. It seems like just more of a bad, like really badly timed tackle. He's out of control, though, isn't he? Hmm. That's that's the thing for me. He's out of control. You know, he sprinted, studs are up, and high. Hmm. To me, he's out of control. And and don't get me wrong. We we are basing this on. <clears throat> I think any other match, you know that that gets checked. Hmm. And I think what saves him is that Robertson jumps. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't really make too much contact. But to me, it's the... Um, yeah, it's just the the nature of how out of control he, he seems. Mm. Well... Um, a lot of people are speculating um, and suggesting that because Harry Kane is captain of England, he's a sort of golden boy of English football, um, he's getting a sort of pass. Do you think there's anything in that? Do you think the referee consciously has thought, oh, he's England captain, I can't book him? No. No, I was, a bit, I, I was listening to this with some intrigue after the game. Mm-hmm. Um I just I can't see it. I, I I think that it's I don't think it's England captain. I think reputation. Mm. I think reputation. You know, if you're someone that if you're a Joey Barton and you're going on that challenge, it's going to be a lot more frowned upon than if you're Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if you've had previous where he doesn't. So to me, that's what saved him. It's the fact that you know you wouldn't deem him as a that type of player. It's, it's really interesting that because you, you would assume or you would hope at least that referees put all sort of um, prejudice or bias or sort of prior knowledge of the player and their character aside when it comes to refereeing a game and you have to treat everyone the same objectively. But Don't it, you think it's more of a subconscious thing? It possibly is because I'm, I'm thinking about the two characters, um, Andy Robertson and Harry Kane and... Andy Robertson does come across as a bit more of the aggressor, so to speak. So when he makes that tackle, 
it's more likely you'll think, oh yeah, well, it's in Andy Robertson's character to be an aggressive type player and he's probably maliciously swang that foot. Whereas yeah. Harry Kane, because Harry Kane, it's not in his character to be malicious. It's just an honest mistake. Yeah. Mm, it's really interesting. It, it kind of, that amongst some other decisions across the weekend, including another one in that game where, uh, what's his name? Diogo Jota uh, gets taken down in the box. Uh, he kind of gets like a, a shoulder barred front in the back, which is a foul anywhere else in the pitch. But the the conversation thereafter was that because Jota stopped and wanted the foul, he almost like stopped and brought on the player clattering into the back of him. And therefore it's not a penalty. What, what do you make of that? Because it kind of goes on what we were saying. Was it last week when we were last saying, week. yeah, Mo yeah. Salah carefully puts his ankle in front of you. So the, the reverse argument I heard is that you don't really take a strike running full pelt. You have to slow down with some discretion. Okay, yeah. To strike a ball. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to sound incredibly biased, but I think it was a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, purely, purely because it was just clumsy. Mm. It just seemed really, really... He was nowhere near the ball. Mm-hmm. He was nowhere near the ball. Um, I as well think that... And it's a weird... This saying that you've just said is that anywhere else on the pitch. So mm-hmm. what's the difference? Well, Do you know what I mean? A mm. foul is a foul. If it's, if it's in the centre circle... Or it's in the penalty box. A foul's a foul. It's interesting. I heard another conversation. <laughs> there is so many conversations around what's a foul and what isn't these days. But I heard another conversation surrounding the sort of what would happen in the play thereafter that action, if that makes sense. So we've seen times before where a striker's maybe gone around the keeper, um, taking a heavy touch and the ball's going out of play, but they've been hacked down. And yep. you, it's one of them where if they stay on their feet, is it a foul? Um, and the reason I've brought that up is because in the penalty spot, we talk about denial of a goal scoring opportunity. Um, so which indicates it's a foul because what could have happened next might have been at the advantage of the attackers. Um, and it's a really convoluted way of getting to this, but like anywhere else on the pitch, anything could happen if that makes sense. So you give fouls for more lenient things because that could have led to something bigger. Whereas right in front of goal, it's very immediate what it might lead to. Mm. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. It sort of makes sense in my head, but I think that's why we have this idea of anywhere else in the pitch, because the next actions after the incident are more significant in the box. No, no, I, I see where you're coming from. Mm. I think I'm just looking at it from a perfect world scenario. Mm-hmm. Is that really when you look at it that he is a, um, you know, we're sort of looking at a face value, a foul is a foul. Mm-hmm. Regardless of where it is on the pitch. Mm-hmm. If you clip someone's heels in the centre circle and you clip someone's heels in the penalty box or you know, you swipe from behind both for a foul. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's just my 
overarching opinion of it. Another another thing quite interesting. What what do you think generally of the concept of a penalty kick? Um it feels like quite a profound it, question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in terms of what? Just just general. Well, I never ever questioned this. As long as I've been into football, a penalty is a penalty. And I've never questioned why it's a penalty. I just accept you get fouled in the box, penalty. But uh it happened actually I was watching football with with a with an old friend, uh well a ha- old housemate of mine. Um he was Dutch. I'm not sure if that's significant or not. But we would watch games together. He was a Barcelona fan, so we'd watch Champions League on weekday nights. And every time there was a penalty he would consciously look away from the screen and just do something else. And he did it a few times before I pulled him up on it. It was like, mate, why don't you watch penalties? It's like, it's probably the most significant thing to watch <laughs> in the play. And he said, I just don't think it makes sense. I was like, what do you mean it doesn't make sense? And he suggested that like, for example, you could get fouled right on the edge of the box and it might not even be like, you were just about to shoot. It's just on the edge of the box. Everyone's in the box because the corner's just happened or whatever. But you get given this this penalty, which you have like an 85% chance of scoring from. And it doesn't sort of the um, consequence of the defending team doesn't sort of match the, uh, the incident, so to speak. Um, he was saying just generally like never, you would just wouldn't get the chance to shoot at a keeper when he's in his goal in any other moment in the game unless in a penalty so wouldn't it be more realistic if I don't know if you remember I don't remember because I was two but the 1994 World Cup I think it was 94 held in the USA and they trialled this thing where the attacking player runs from the halfway line and takes on the keeper and that's the penalty that was what they used to do in the MLS it it sounds ridiculous, but when you think of like uh, the kind of thing that could happen in a game, it makes more sense. If you're running through on goal and you get taken out, then maybe you should be given that chance to run through on goal again without the defender taking you out. It seems to make more sense than you get to shoot at the keeper who can't move off his line. Um, okay, so what I would say to you is on the flip side mm-hmm. is that if you're one-on-one and a defender types you out mm-hmm. and you're about to shoot it's it's just isn't it it's just rewards you know you if 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 there's a blatant foul mm-hmm. you know you're running through on goal okay mm-hmm. i know i'm not going to catch you we get into the penalty area and i take your legs away from you mm-hmm that's you know you're about to shoot on goal one-on-one with the goalkeeper so then a penalty would be just rewards hmm it just feels like a very you know there's 85 percent chance based on research and like 85 percent of penalties are scored so essentially you, you've got an 85 percent chance of scoring that's a pretty high percentage that you wouldn't have otherwise, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe we could work out what's the chances of you scoring from a, a one-on-one with the keeper compared to scoring but, a penalty. But we're generalising, okay, mm. in, in terms of, you know, 
we're we're taking this as a sweeping generalization whereby we're saying that someone is just got in the box mm-hmm. not in a position to shoot and has been taken out yeah but that's only one type of way to get a penalty mm-hmm. do you know what i mean so so what it's i think there are probably just as many ways that a penalty that you are 85%, you know, 85% sure of scoring, as there are where it seems a bit unjust. Hmm. It's a tough one. It makes me think maybe there should be levels of... Of penalty, like if you're yeah. if you're fouled on the edge of the just inside, but on the edge of the box, and it's not really a goal scoring opportunity, maybe get an indirect free kick instead. No, because I think you're overcomplicating everything. Then oh, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't see any reason. So, so from a from a again, perfect world uh, situation, I get it. Okay, but never is football perfect world. Mm. So, although it doesn't make sense in a very backwards way, the counter argument doesn't make sense either. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? We're saying that oh, it, do- it doesn't make sense that you get that much of a a levy up if if there's a foul, but at the same time. That doesn't make sense because in some cases you could be through one role, keep us out of the way, all you've got to do is tap it in and someone comes behind you, takes you out. Mm. Gets the ball but takes you out first. And all you had to do was tap it in, which is higher than a ninety than an eighty five percent um percentage. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, man. So, I... so what? So what? Then you know, if if someone's through on goal, has an open goal, we have to send them back to the halfway line to run at the goalkeeper that wasn't even there in the first place. Hmm. It's a really tough one because obviously there are such a wide variety of reasons why a penalty might be given. Um, but ultimately, like I, I am very conscious, as much as it's entertaining, I am super conscious that like penalties are becoming more and more frequent. And you kind of wonder what's the limit. Either the rules need to change, which they seem to constantly be changing. Um, as aforementioned, like you know, is if it's uh, there's there's all these different rules. Like if it's denial of a goal scoring opportunity, if it was mistimed, if it was there's all these different reasons why fouls are given, and even the handball rule is changed again in that Tottenham Liverpool game. I think the goal stood in the end, but one of Liverpool's goals hit Mo Salah on the hand. And that most definitely two years ago would have denied the goal, but yeah, it was allowed. Yeah, it just feels like the rules are constantly changing. Um, don't, don't you feel as though, you know, we're 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 trying to perfect a game that shouldn't be perfect? Well, uh, perf- I don't believe football should be perfect. Perfect feels like a strong word. I think we're trying to make it fair. But uh, but I don't think we are. I don't think that is a uh thought. I don't I don't understand why it it's 
again, it's something that's fair 50% of the time isn't fair, is it? No. So, it's... <sighs> football Football lives on contentious decisions, mm-hmm. okay? But w- this is the conversation that me and you had many, 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 many moons ago when VAR was brought in. Mm-hmm. And how we said that all of these fine line drawings to do with offside creates a a null and void argument in a sense where you say, oh, you know, this is this is pretty black and white. Well, offside can mm. be, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, even even still, up until recently, offside was still contentious. Because it was like, if there's daylight behind and what part of the body is the offside part. Yeah. That gives people something to talk about. That makes football interesting. That makes football newsworthy. Do do you see what I'm saying? Are you saying football should be that? Football should be interesting and newsworthy? I I think it should. I think that everybody loves a contentious decision. Because it's something to speak about at work on a Monday. Mm. It's something that we can speak about on this platform. If everything was robotic and every decision was correct, wouldn't it be a bit boring? It would be fair. <laughs> but it's fair. But And I, I get the argument. I do. I do. I get the argument that it's fair, but it's not fun. It's, and you know what I mean? It I can hate still be it fun. when it goes against us. I hate it. <laughs> when there's a penalty that goes against us, you know, the Jota penalty, I hated it. You know, the Kane red card, hated it. Mm. But you get to work or you get to school and you're like, oh, did you see that penalty? Oh, no, of course it was a red. You know what I mean? Shut up, you're full. Like, how many, you know what I mean, when we were at school, oh, did you see the game? Yeah, yeah. Fair. Good goal, wasn't it? Yeah. That's it. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you love an argument. You love an argument about contentious decisions. Mm. I, I see what but you're saying. VAR is, is, you know, this necessary tool. You know, I, I, I personally think that goal line technology is the best, te- the, the best form of officiating we have. I think that it's Bottom, I think it's perfect. What goal line technology you say, yeah? Yeah, goal line technology is perfect. VAR, I'm not massively sold on, but as just as much as I'm not sold on it is the reason why deep, deep, deep down I kind of like it because there's still that human error. Mm. There's still someone at Stockley Park that's going, actually, no, I don't think that is a foul. And everyone else is going, and then you get someone like Peter Walt going, well, according to it, you know, such forty six point four. Um, the player is dictated to be uh, running fast. It doesn't count as full pelt. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. shut up, Peter. The rules, the rules are just really strange and mad. And you know, it's not just this. This season, we've had incidents like the Man United Arsenal game where De Gea goes down, but because it wasn't an Arsenal player who sent him down, and because it wasn't a head injury, the goal stands. And what's and so the, it should. What's the, yeah? What's the rules on that? Do you remember a few years ago in the Championship? I think it was Aston Villa versus Leeds. At the time, they were both championship teams. 
Yes, I remember that. Do you remember? And Leeds went on and... Was it Leeds that yeah. scored? And then, yeah, that was so mad and contentious. What are the rules? If a player goes down... The only... Being totally honest, if I'm on a pitch and an uh, opposition player goes down, the only time I'm kicking the ball out is if we've got a nice three-goal lead at least. <laughs> I'm going to continue playing. Your player yeah. might be crying, but I'm I'm continuing. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably me crying, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a real tough one, man. Like, rules, penalties, VAR, who knows where it ends if it ever ends um such a essentially simple sport is not that you know what as i said earlier i thought i had a really good grasp of rules in football i couldn't tell you what warrants an indirect free kick in the box back pass is that it i think so is there no other occasion where an indirect free kick in the box could be given? That's the only one that I can think of. Interesting. Maybe they should scrap that and if someone makes a back pass penalty. <laughs> but I I love the contentiousness and I feel like people are trying to perfect it. Mm. Just leave it be. You know, so what if you know, the defenders know the game. Defenders know that if they foul in the box or they handball it in the box and they're getting a penalty, you know, it's not a shock to them. Mm. Like, it's... Well, it's, you, you it's, say it's, that, it's, but it is a shock to them because they don't really know what a foul is anymore. Like, um, like if a player stopped and allowed me to run into him, in my head as the defender, that's not a foul. I just was running and he stopped in front of me. If anything, he's blocked me off, but he's gone to ground. So now I've given away a penalty. That's quite contentious. Yeah, I love it. Like, for all we know, Jota could have been like, oh, there's a player running up behind me. Let me just stop in front of him. So he hits me in the back and then I'm going to just fall to the floor. Yeah, it yeah, could, could always happen. Yeah. Sly-ass but, Liverpool. Honestly, like, <laughs> I'm just such a fan of, of moaning about shit. But I don't want it to change. I don't want to have to be like, oh, you know, oh, all the decisions were perfect, and and you know, there was. Do you know what I mean, like, no. You say this, but then when you you don't get through that round of the Champions League because of a controversial decision, which will likely happen to Man United, seeing as we're going up against Atletico, they're going to do something horrible. <laughs> And then I'll be like, if the game was perfect, we would have gone through. But the game's not perfect. Suarez handballed it on the line again. Suarez bit someone and VAR didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Um, but, go on. Yeah, I, I just, I like our game the way it is. And I think that, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen spoil a broth. Mm. I fully hear you on that. Um, Dan, so obviously we've spoke sort of in depth about the Liverpool Tottenham game. There wasn't many other games over the weekend um because COVID is very much in the air. Can I can I just say yeah. what what a segue. <laughs> it was a pretty blunt one, wasn't it? Honestly, I'm I'm all ears now. You've got me hooked. Segasaurus. 
I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm on this now. <laughs> I'm on this. And by the way, I'm watching you on Instagram currently. Fantastic jumper. Um, <laughs> the so so the the the, player, the teams have just come out mm-hmm. from a meeting today and have stated that they will not postpone uh, a round of fixtures. Which I'm kind of shocked at, actually. Uh, I thought that all of them might just, you know, with with the next pandemic coming up, mm-hmm. would have sort of thought, actually, you know, we'll give it a rest for a little bit. Mm. It, it seems like the sensible thing to do. I mean, sort of outside of football, uh, I like to indulge in DJing and nightclubbing and I'm very much in that scene. And none of the clubs, all the promoters have been told to postpone but they all have taken it upon themselves to postpone um, and I think after the experience of the first pandemic um, the people sort of uh, know what to do a little bit more you know they we know yeah. the importance of people's health and so I feel like football's a really interesting one because equally probably the players and the staff of the football clubs think it's best to pull out of games but the powers that be the premier league or the you know the the rich bigwigs with the money uh saying the the fixture should continue which just doesn't really seem fair on the players i think thomas tuchel summed it up amazingly at the weekend he articulated so perfectly like it's not just you were talking about chelsea and uh, obviously they had enough players to field a, a first team but you're saying it's not really the point like every day we've had new um, positive cases um, yeah. and it's it's the mentality of the players the players are are in fear it's hard to focus on a football match when you're thinking oh my god he's positive and I had dinner with him and we got on a coach together and just the mentality just throws everyone off as well and I think if not for people's physical health then for people's mental health at least uh, it's probably worth calling off games I think I think the the devil's advocate to that is there's there's such a stack of schedule when do you fit these games in? You know, I don't know of how much of the international break in March really needs to be played. Rather sack them off. But but that's you know, that's us looking at it very easily and very quickly. You know, the chances that they'll be able to be, you know, I think that the, there's a chance that the um, well, the World Cup playoffs are then. Mm. So then you've got to go back to drawing board. Do you know what I mean? And it's, you know, we, I'm, I'm fully, I'm fully into the idea of postponing a round of games, mainly because my fancy team is taking a hiding. Um, I've managed to survive, you know. I've done okay, considering. Oh the... no, honestly, I'm. Drowning. Jao Cancelo sorted me out at the weekend. I should have made yeah, him he, captain. Yeah, honestly, he's done incredible. But apart from that, I am like I am up shit streak without a paddle, my friend. Oh. So we are. So you know, I'm in favour of that. You know, plus it gives players time to come back. Um, I think it's also looking at the wider picture. At the moment, fans are still able to go in. Mm. Okay. So it gives fans a period of 
away time so that they're not all mingling. You know, at Old Trafford is going to be 60,000, 70,000. At Hanfield, there's going to be 40,000, 40, 50,000. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of people coming together in one place. And if this is a super spreader like we believe to be, that's obviously a concern. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know why um, we don't take a leaf out of... I feel Germany do so many things right. They have a, a winter break every season. And uh, I think they play the sort of the same amount of games as the Premier League. Um, so uh, if they, I, think I think they're one behind, don't they? I think they are they, one behind. 19 teams in the league, is it? I think so. Maybe that's how they the get away with it. I do... I do... Or maybe 18 games. Maybe 18. But on the flip side of that, I love the Christmas period. I love coming together with people and watching boxing, you know, putting stuff on Boxing Day. and I think that's amazing. Mm. Yeah, that's I mean, really I, I, I do love getting together with family and watching loads of football. Um, I'm trying to make it tradition that I go to a game around this period and uh, I was looking to get tickets for Man United Burnley on the 29th but literally as soon as Ronaldo joins I couldn't get a ticket in Edgeways is that a saying yeah. can you say that yeah I couldn't get a ticket yeah, in Edgeways I think, I think so. <laughs> we'll, we'll let we'll, we'll let it happen <laughs> um, so it's, it's difficult it, it really is difficult for me to try and you know understand where you can possibly do it mm-hmm. I think it should happen but it, you know you've got Afcon as well. Mm-hmm. Afcon starts at the end of this month, start of next month. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. There's a, so much going on. So you know, to me, there's not much you're really going to be able to to do. Teams all need to be aligned in it, which they're obviously not. Because otherwise, the vote would have gone the way that people wanted it to go. So. Speaking about games getting postponed as well, um, I'm not sure if you saw recently, Tottenham have been eliminated from the Europa Conference League because um, a game was postponed with, I think, Rennes they were playing? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, they couldn't find a time to arrange the second game. Um, because the game was postponed due to Tottenham not being able to field the team, it goes down as an automatic 3-0 loss to Tottenham. Um, and they're out of the Europa League. And... Uh, yeah. I feel a bit sorry for them, if I'm honest, because that was probably something they could have had a good run in. It made me no, think... No, I don't, I don't feel sorry for them in the slightest because <laughs> I think this works out. No, no, it's not me being a dick. I feel like it works in their favour. As in they can focus on the league now? No, who in their right mind, honestly, wants to be in the Europa League conference? I mean, Tottenham are so desperate to win anything. <laughs> honestly, I, I think that I genuinely think even they don't want to win that. <laughs> the, the inaugural winners of the Europa League Conference. Gee, it's like the Audi Cup. Yeah, it's like John yeah, Patterson Trophy or something. It's horrendous. But I, it, it did make me think, like, it's a shame they couldn't find another time to play the game. It makes me think, maybe this fixture list is too congested? Is that a thing? Uh, or am I giving too, too much leeway to footballers? No, no. Look, it, the argument goes both ways. To me, it's always been too congested, but at the same time, these guys have paid so much money and these squads, you know, were 
26 man squads now 26 and then you have a like unlimited amount of under 21s or something you can yeah, register 26 man squads for a reason these guys are on so much money that you know and I'm not saying and by that I'm not saying that you know Kevin De Bruyne is on 400 grand a week so he should be happy he should be happy to pay all of it I'm mm. not saying that but what I'm saying is if you're paying your reserve right back 50 grand a week he should be good enough to play at least one game a season yeah absolutely so so to me these teams these Manchester Cities of the Worlds and you know the Chelsea's the, the Liverpool's all, all these clubs should be able to field you know two decent players in most positions mm-hmm. um, you know as you said that I actually did just type into Google who is the highest paid right back that doesn't play games <laughs> Saka. That's a good shout, yeah. He ain't playing. So, you know, uh, look, the way I see it, call a spade a spade, they are, they should be able to play in these runner games. Don't get me wrong, it's not easy playing two in two days, I get it, but you've got squad rotation. Who do you th- sorry, I got completely distracted there. Who do you think's the highest paid uh fullback in the Premier League? Kyle Walker. No, he's not even in the top Oh, he's just about in the top ten, Kyle Walker. Yao Cancelo. I can't even find Jao Cancelo on this list. Okay. Um, He's severely underpaid if that's the case. How on earth does Klasinac get paid more than Jao Cancelo? Honestly, I can't see... Nathaniel Klein gets paid more than Jao Cancelo. Ben Chilwell? Yes. Ben Chilwell, number one, £190,000 per week. Madness. Trent just behind him on 180000 Trent is on 180000 Well, He's a wonder kid. Shit the bed. <laughs> oh. Yeah, sorry, I completely went on a tangent there because you mentioned right backs. Who's Barbar Rahman? He's a Chelsea. He don't even play. What's he on? Hundred grand? He's he's probably the highest paid <laughs> player to not play. Ninety four thousand six hundred. Do you know what I mean? I mean hey. Hector Bellerin doesn't play, and he's on hundred ten thousand. He's at Betis. Is he? Is he gone to Betis full time? No, I'm learning. Ah, so he's probably still getting his full full wage. Yeah, of course mm. he is. He's doing a bit at that point. Um, but yeah, uh, I've completely lost track of what we were saying. We were saying, yeah, unfortunately Tottenham are not going to win uh, a trophy this season. <laughs> they're, they're not, but I'd rather... I don't know. <laughs> not even the Europa Conference. I'd rather say face them up with anything than win that Europa Conference. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Back that right off. The worst is when you get to the final of a cup you don't want to win and because you're in the final you want to win and then you still lose. Like Man United in the Europa League last season. Heartbreak. That was absolute. I was I was actually pissed off. <laughs> I was I was just angry with everything and everyone. My girlfriend tried to comfort me and I was like, "Get off." 
<laughs> she's like, it wasn't me that missed the, couldn't save the penalty. I just, in that moment, I thought she was De Gea and I was really pissed off of her. <laughs> yeah, he was like, go dive over somewhere else. Just for the record, my girlfriend looks nothing like David De Gea. Oh, could you? <laughs> right. I don't even know what to say now. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have a clue. What, we, what was... We did have another topic, didn't we? But I've completely forgot as well. We were going to talk, we were going to um, gossip about potential transfers in January. Um, I feel in the last couple of years there haven't been too many sort of January transactions. I don't, I can't remember the big ones. I, I mean, I'm just trying to think. I think like on a world stage, some of the most interesting, obviously Mbappe and Erling Haaland are two of the most uh, prized possessions for their clubs. And, and not a chance will either of them move. Well, it's interesting because Mbappe can legally sign for another team uh, in January. He won't join them in January, but he can do a pre-contract agreement and join them in the apart summer. From the dom- apart from another domestic team, but obviously that isn't going to happen anyway. Yeah. Um, and Erling Haaland has a clause in his contract where up until next summer, he can be bought for 75 million. Which is, which incredibly is still that feels like a bargain. Yeah, incredibly enough. So I think they're they're quite interesting. There's this uh speaking about strikers, um Vlahovic at Fiorentina. I haven't seen much of him, but I've heard he is really impressive. People his are, numbers are impressive. Yeah, his numbers are incredible. I heard someone say like, This isn't just another kid that we get overhyped about, which is what we say about all kids. And inevitably you get overhyped about. But they were saying, yeah, this isn't just another kid. This is like, you know, people are soon going to be talking about Vlahovic in the same breath as Erling Haaland. Which is a madness, isn't it? So maybe Arsenal get him. And he is another Nicola Pepe. And he just flops. And uh, Aubameyang moves to Barcelona. Aubameyang surely has to go. Um, yeah, has to. Oh, no, I don't think he'll... Oh, really, really. He's at AFCON, remember? Oh yeah, maybe you won't go in January. It's an interesting one of him because you mentioned quite rightfully so that like who really wants to pay his wages. I mean, we in previous years you would have said Barcelona would be willing to, but Barcelona are broke. <laughs> they are mad broke. Broke is a joke, my friend. Yeah, I I saw clips of uh, their La Liga game the other day, but bro, this what's his name, Gavi? I thought it was a piss take. I thought it was, you know, on Football Manager when you played it for so long and they start making like regens of players. I thought this guy was like a Football Manager regen of Xavi. Honestly, Gavi is a baller. Yeah, and Pedri is just like a regen of Pedro. Honestly, Gavi. <laughs> I can't tell you how much of a baller Gavi is. I really can't. Unbelievable. They've got a player in their Barcelona B team called Ansu Skinny. Anthony Martial uh, has said he wants to leave Manchester United and he can get the fuck out for all I care (laughs) I'm I'm grateful (laughs) 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 the biggest con in football history was the fact that he had a clause in his contract about winning the Ballon (laughs) d'Or honestly that's amazing 
he can he can just get out, can he? Sorry. He can get out. For all I care, I think he would be best suited to a championship team that's um looking to come up to the Premier League. He's he just reminds me of, he's like a I think a, a Robbie Earnshaw or a Cameron Jerome. David Nugent. Wow. Wow, you're gonna say that. I mean he's 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 getting on. Let's not take for granted that he's he should be in his prime. This is his prime. I I can't see it getting much better for him. Unless he goes to a, a league that's just generally easier and he might look good. Uh, potentially. Potentially. That's um a Robbie Earnshaw though. That's um that's deep. I'm just fed up with Anthony Martial. Let's not forget we bought him before Rashford came in, before Greenwood came in. He was supposed to be the star and these two players I've just mentioned have both overtook him and didn't cost us anything. It all started so well. We had to bring in Lukaku. We had to bring in Cavani. We brought in so many players since we brought him in because he hasn't been good enough. (laughs) I think, yeah, it just proves everything. He can... Absolutely, get out. Do you think Jesse Lingard will stay? I literally, before we conducted this podcast, I did see something on Twitter. Um, I'm not sure how. Oh, it's literally right in front of me. Yeah, Jesse Lingard is now expected to stay at Manchester United in January to fight for his place under new manager Ralph Ranick. That's from Transfer News Live. I don't know how legit they are as a as a tweeter. Um. I like Jesse Lingard, but I do recognise it's probably in his best interest to leave um, if he's to, you know, make make the most of his career. You wouldn't want him to just fade into obscurity at Man United. You want him to have a couple more years being a, a player who starts games, who, you know, like he did for that small stint at West Ham, win some games, score some goals, get some assists get back into the England team maybe you know I want the best for for Lingard and unfortunately I don't think that lies with Manchester United I think you're right Um, shockingly enough I can't see Liverpool doing absolutely anything yeah I was thinking that Um, uh, I can't see Man City really doing anything I can't see Chelsea doing anything I feel like Liverpool would have maybe sent um, Minamino back out on loan and Maybe even a Rigi, maybe a couple of your fringe players putting out on loan, but they can't. They now, can't get rid. They can't get rid of them on loan. Yeah, but now that you have the Afcon, as well. Exactly. They're going to exactly. definitely they're come not, in. Not just that as well. I think the only one Nat Phillips might go. By the way, I've I've wanted to ask this for ages. Remember the guy you bought from? Um, I can't remember what team it was. Southend. Do you remember when you had the, the oh, centre back crisis? Oh, Preston, Ben Davis. Yeah, what happened to him? He's on loan at Sheffield United. What was the point in that? Uh, to get us through that, that period that we were struggling, basically. He didn't even play, though. You uh, played that lanky kid that looked like yeah. Philip Barber instead. I don't think he did. And what I'm just checking now, uh, he wasn't in Sheffield United squad yesterday either. Is he even good? Has he got a clause in his contract that says you owe Preston North End loads of money if he gets the Ballon d'Or? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think Preston North End are in for a big old sweep of money as well because he's obviously going to win it. 
Shocking. Bad boy. Um, I, I've got, I think, I don't think anything is going to happen in terms of the, tra- in terms of transfers. I really don't. I can't see anything happening, anything being even remotely interesting. Yeah, there's really nothing major at all, is there? Do do Man City come back in for Harry Kane? Or is there any no, point? Man City no. are, f- are scoring for fun and they don't need a striker. No, not a chance. Well, that's not a bit... A that's a bit... I can't see Tottenham all into Sam in January. That's, that's the point. City might go in for him, but they're not going to get him. Hmm. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out of transfer speculation. I can't think of any other player that might be going. What will happen is there's always like a, a complete random, um, completely goes under the radar transfer that you take for granted and then randomly in a Champions League game, you're like, oh my God, he plays for them. Oh, when did that happen? Like, I didn't should know. We make, should we make our random transfer prediction for January? Okay, random under the radar ones. A player that's fallen from grace and we've taken for granted that they're still playing and then they just pop up. A keeper gets injured at Burnley and like, I don't know, Chris Kirkland pops up. And like, oh my God, I can't believe he still plays. Meet you. Meet you, yeah. I watched um, a bit of uh, Italian football actually and I saw um, Delefeu scored a great free kick for Udinese. I was like, oh my God, Delefeu is at Udinese. I didn't know that. Gabbiadini, oh. I think, played for uh, Sampdoria as well. Remember Gabbiadini? Oh, Manolo Gabbiadini. Mm. Good player. Done one bit. I saw it. Did Joe Hart go to... Um, did he go to Celtic? Yeah. So it's number one. He's actually their number... He's a number one again. Good for him. Weird guy. I'm going to say that my speculation is going to be that Newcastle mm-hmm. will sign someone crap for a lot of money. Uh, Alex Awobi. Alex Awobi. Oh, he's falling into. And it's not to say that Alex Awobi's crap, by the way. I'm just not a massive fan. Um, I I thought you were going to say someone like Eddie and Ketia. Oh, that's a good shout. I'm only saying that because obviously they signed Joe Willock from Arsenal. Oh, he scored a hat-trick tonight as well, so. Well, that was Premier League football on tonight? No, it was Carabao Cup. Oh. Yeah. I can't think of any more. I'm really blanking. I have been drinking, as it's uh, nearly Christmas, this is completely off topic, but I've been making... Uh, Lots of stuff, actually. I've been making all sorts of food and drink. Um, and I've been drinking Guinness Punch. Have you ever had Guinness Punch, Dan? No, I haven't. I've had a baby Guinness before. That's amazing. Baby Guinness? What's that? Oh, it's like a shot. It's got Baileys in it and something else. Oh, I mean, it sounds similar. So a, a Guinness Punch is basically, uh, you get your Guinness, um, a bit of condensed milk, a bit of uh, nourishment, you know, nourishment drinks, vanilla flavour, some nutmeg, some cinnamon, um cheeky bit of rum and blend it all up I think that's it yes yeah, it's, it's delightful like, 
fish just thinking about it. It's really she sweet. Knows. It's so sweet that you take for granted it's alcohol. Um, she was. Yeah, yesterday, I, you know when you're drunk and you just completely, you get a bit confused. You're like, why Why am I drunk? And you're like, oh yeah, this is alcohol. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just quickly before before we go, um, one bit of news did slip under the radar. Mm-hmm. Is that Dusan Tadic, I don't know if you read about this, has broke the record for the most assists in a calendar year. Oh, I did see this, yeah. So it was Lionel Messi. It's now Dusan Tadic with 37 assists, which is amazing. Wow. He's a... I mean, since he left... Who's he playing for the Premier League? Was it Southampton? Yes. I mean, he, I thought he was really good at Southampton, actually. Um, and... I don't know what Ten Hag's doing over at Ajax, but man, he's got them players playing. Sebastian Haller, Dusan Tadic, they look incredible, man. Van der Beek is really missing being there because they they've got something going on, man. They're singing Three Little Birds. They've got a, a football kit dedicated to Bob Marley. I just love everything about Ajax, man. Naughty. Love it. Their logo is essentially like well, one of their logos is like the three X's, which I really like. Triple X. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> and, and on that note, I think it's time to end. Um, Merry Christmas. Oh, yes, of course. Merry Christmas and have a wonderful new year. Yep, drink responsibly, kids. Always. Yep, I mean, don't well, always drink. Don't always drink. Just always be responsible. Kids don't drink, but drink responsibly adults, I should say. Yes. Yeah. Kids just stick to fizzy pop, maybe. Good night, Tel Aviv. <laughs> Good night, Alcatraz. <laughs> Isn't it Prisoner of Alcatraz? Is that is that a thing? Alcatraz. Yeah, it's in San Francisco Alcatraz Island. San yeah, Francisco. yeah, you could take it. It was just a that was just caught me by surprise. <laughs> it caught me by surprise. Yeah. Alright. All right. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate. See you later. Bye bye.